Hello, and welcome to the Monday's Penny podcast. I am Eric Van Meter. I started Monday's Penny as a website and a blog several years ago, got away from it, got out of the habit, and then over the last few weeks have had a few conversations with people that have made me rethink what I was doing. Uh, Because, see, when I started out, I was hoping that I could build a website and a popular blog that would gather a a large enough number of followers that it would help my publishing career, um, which really hasn't happened, uh, either the many, many followers or the publishing career. But I've had some bright spots along the way, some small publications, uh, little success here and there. And in conversations with my friend Billy, who you can find at the Pirate Professor podcast, if you're interested in that, or uh, at SoapboxRevival.com, talking with Billy, uh, I realized that, you know, we talk about big things. That's what people that pay attention to the world do. We talk about big things, but we're living in a, a, a culture, a society, whatever you want to call it, a context that says unless you have a lot of people listening, there's no point in talking because your your reach isn't what it needs to be. And Billy really challenged that in me and said, hey, so what? Uh, the creative act, the conversation in a, a smaller group, that's what really forms people, shapes people. That's what really gives meaning to our lives. So let, let's not just uh, just not do something because we don't have a lot of people that are interested in it. So for whoever you are and however many of you are that are listening, this is a, a podcast not uh, about world events or giant things, even though there, there's huge things going on in the world. Certainly the invasion by uh, of Ukraine by Russia and Vladimir Putin. We have uh, the rise of Christian nationalism, which is a big thing in my work as a pastor. We, we've got climate change. We've got the fight between the baseball owners and the players and this ridiculous strike, which don't get me started on that. But there are are lots of things happening and lots of good podcasts about all those things. So this one's going to focus more on what's overlooked, what's forgotten, what's undervalued, and how those things can help us not distract ourselves from the, the bigger conversations, but inform those bigger conversations by giving us perspective on the lives that we live day in and day out and how that fits into our relationships and ultimately into our bigger world. So the, the title of the blog, the title of the podcast comes from a quote by Annie Dillard. She says, the world is fairly studded and strewn with pennies cast broadside by a generous hand. But... And this is the point. Who gets excited by a mere penny? But if you cultivate a healthy poverty and simplicity so that finding a penny will literally make your day, then, since the world is in fact planted in pennies, you have with your poverty brought a lifetime of days. So something to think about there as we go. This week's blog uh, and podcast are reflecting on a recent trip that I took with my family and 75 of our somewhat friends to Disney World, uh, or yeah, Disney World in Florida. I get them mixed up. So Denise and I chaperoned a band trip. We have two boys in the high school band, and so we went down with, um, I think we had 10 chaperones, about 75 kids, somewhere around in there, and... 
I spent four days at four different Disney parks. Now, anybody that knows me well will know that this is not the happiest place on earth for me. Uh, I don't like lines. I don't like big crowds. I do not buy into princess mythology or to um, really marketing for somebody else's agenda. And Disney does so much of that. So I, I tried. I knew this going in that it would be a struggle. So I tried instead to go in with a little bit of an open mind and not focus on the things I didn't like, but to enjoy the experiences that I did and had some wonderful things. The Soren ride is fabulous. And yes, Denise did cry on that ride, but we're not going to talk anymore about that because she might listen to this podcast. But in all of that, I kept looking for places to get away. I kept looking for little nooks or enclaves that I could find some peace and quiet and just stop for a little bit. And I found one of those that was a um, occupied by 12 or 15 other people. You can't actually be alone in Disney. It doesn't happen. But uh, had a, a mother and a daughter with a, the daughter uh, drawing with chalk. And that made me think about both their conversation and how it, it fit in this context of all the crowds and noise and busyness. So that's what this week's Monday's Penny is about. Uh, I hope you are well, and I hope you will join us again next week as I try to get this uh, podcast off the ground. Here is this week's Penny. It was the end of our third day at the self-proclaimed happiest place on earth, and I was becoming unfit for human company. Despite the sunshine and warm temperatures that would not reach South Dakota for another three months, I'd had my fill of long lines for short rides of aggressive parents using their strollers as plows. And so, while the others in my group got in one of the shorter lines, only 90 minutes, for a roller coaster, I slipped away to search for a happy or at least less frenetic place. There are no places to actually be alone in Disney, quite the opposite. The parks wage war on solitude and the contemplation that might result from it. They are the real-world embodiment of the attention economy, constantly firing signals to their patrons that if you aren't fully engaged, you're missing out. At last I located a small enclave with closed-up shops where I could hide out alongside a dozen other weary souls. I couldn't help but think that we were the resistance, the tiny band who would not or could not opt into Disney's mythology. If this was one of their movies, we would have gathered a couple of droids and maybe a princess and taken over the kingdom. But in the real world, we just wanted to be left alone. Our solitude was our rebellion. I'd only been there a few minutes when a young mother dragged herself and two daughters to an empty space on the curb across from me. One girl, maybe three years old, was asleep, head cradled against her mother's neck. Her older sister was wide awake, however, and she had plenty to say. She read every sign out loud, pausing here and there to explain to her mother what the words meant. She identified plants in the flower beds behind them, pulled a few that she considered weeds, and offered suggestions on what the gardeners could do to make things look even better. Whether for her own sake or for ours, the mother tried to deflect the girl's attention to quieter affairs. She pulled a box of chalk from her bag, drew a small square on the pavement, and set her daughter to drawing. If the goal had been to keep the girl quiet, 
it didn't work. She narrated her progress, now and again taking time to stab at mistakes with her shoe until they disappeared against the rubber sole. She drew Nemo and Dory, the latter wearing Mickey Mouse ears, before moving on to flowers and balloons and something that might have been a horse. The mother watched her work, but tuned her out as parents learned to do. After 20 minutes or so, the younger girl was awake and the mother regaining her steam. She told her oldest daughter to finish up, but the girl was fully into her task by now, trying to draw a coral reef around the two fish and grass beneath the horse. Her sister had awakened to the memory of a promise, real or imagined, that they would get ice cream and was in no mood to wait for her treat. The mother announced that it was time to move on. Now it was the older girl's turn to tune out her mother, as children learned to do. She kept drawing, erasing, drawing again. She picked up a flower that had broken off its stem and fallen into the mulch, laid it carefully beside a blank space within her chalk square. She sifted through the box of chalks in search of a matching color. The mother shook her head. We need to go, she said. Don't you want to see more of the park? I've seen most of it already. But we haven't gotten to do all we wanted to do yet. Remember Splash Mountain? Remember the mine train? It's okay. We can do those another time. The sister let out a squeal. The mother spoke more sternly to the older girl. I promised Callie we would get ice cream. You don't want to miss out on that, do you? Let me finish this first. She held up the flower. This is a pretty one, don't you think? We have flowers at home, sweetie. But not this one. And on it went, the way it does for all parents with creative and independent children. When my boys were young, I spent eternities waiting while they looked at ordinary things in amazing places. Look up, I would tell them. There is so much to see. Maybe. But a quest to see everything necessarily limits the depth of our vision. I suppose the mother was right to consider the time, lost as it is on small children. If she didn't get her girls moving, she would have more than a meltdown from her youngest. She would leave the park with regret, a feeling that she had failed to give her children the full experience I felt the same things regarding my sons when they were small. Now that my children are nearly grown, however, I can't help but think of time differently. The rush to see it all can leave us with a residual anxiety that, whatever we may have seen, there's much more that we have missed. And so we get into the habit of scanning the world rather than actually looking at it. I checked the time. My wife and the students we were responsible for would be off the ride before long. And so I left without knowing how mother and child resolved their impasse. Likely there were shouts, possibly tears, almost certainly some stronger bribe than just ice cream. Every parent remembers those days, and I'm in no position to judge or even offer advice to any mother in that stage of life. But I wish I had known that mother well enough to say this. The picture of life this park wants to sell you is nothing compared to those little fingers guiding the chalk, those wide eyes examining the flower. The wonder is right before your eyes, and the moment is already passing. Don't look away. <laughs>